Hello, so last week I read out some Shakespeare sonnets. Today I'm going to continue with uh, that uh, uh, period's poetry by reading out some John Donne poems. Uh, Donne is uh, one of my favourite poets. Um, again, I won't bore on with uh, lots of context. I'll just say that he was um, the most famous uh, um, of the metaphysical poets, that his poetry is suffused with sensuality and complexity and uh, deals with a with a wide range of of themes um he was also a bit of a ladies man a bit of a cad a bit of a lover uh who also was a cleric uh the dean of st paul's cathedral uh, this didn't stop his poetry from being rather frank shall we say um and even in his religious poetry there is a certain kind of sensuality if not quite sexuality there uh, and I will read out uh, some of some of that poetry too uh, so I'm only going to read out about four poems I think um, starting with the sun rising um, now all you need to know about this is that the speaker the poet done if you like is in bed the morning after uh, a night of uh, let's say fun with with his lover and the sun is, well, rising, and he is addressing the sun. So, here we go. Busy old fool, unruly sun, why dost thou thus, through windows and through curtains call on us? Must to thy motions lover's seasons run? So say pedantic wretch, go chide late schoolboys and sour parentheses. Go tell court huntsmen that the king will ride. Call country ants to harvest offices. Love, all alike, no season knows nor claim, nor hours, days, months, which are the rags of time. Thy beams, so reverend and strong, why shouldst thou think? I could eclipse and cloud them with a wink, but that I would not lose her sight so long. If her eyes have not blinded thine, look, and tomorrow late, tell me, whether both the Indias of space and mine, be where thou leftest them, or lie here with me. Ask for those kings whom thou sawest yesterday, and thou shalt hear, all here in one bed lay. She's all states, and all princes I, nothing else is. Princes do but players, compared to this, all honours mimic, all wealth, alchemy. Thou, son, art half as happy as we, in that the world's contracted thus. Thine age asks ease, and since thy duties be to warm the world, that's done in warming us. Shine here to us, and thou art everywhere. This bed thy centre is, these walls thy sphere. Next, uh, a very interesting and odd little poem that mixes religion and sex. Um, though it isn't, it's not about religion, it's not one of his directly religious poems. Uh, the Flea. Um, it's a very strange, very strange poem, but uh, basically the speaker is trying to seduce a woman uh, to give up her virginity to him. Uh, by uh, 
by uh, by uh, by using uh, the fact that a flea has bitten both him and her, meaning that their blood is now mixed together uh, inside the flea, and that that is no worse. Uh, you know that's no worse than virginity. Losing your virginity, virginity doesn't matter. Um, so give it up to me, women, uh, <laughs> because this flea has both our blood mixed within its body. Um, and we 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 see her response as well, uh, which uh, well you you'll hear. <clears throat> or we, we are uh, told of her response uh, by the speaker. So here we go. Mark but this flea, and mark in this, how little that which thou deniest me is. It sucked me first, and now sucks thee, and in this flea our two bloods mingled be. Thou knowest that this cannot be said a sin nor shame nor loss of maidenhead. Yet this enjoys before it woo, and pampered swells with one blood made of two, and this, alas, is more than we would do. O oh, stay, three lives in one flea spare, where we almost, nay more than married are. This flea is you and I, and this our marriage bed and marriage temple is. Though parents grudge, and you were met, and cloistered in these living walls of jet. Though use make you apt to kill me, let not to that self-murder added be, and sacrilege, three sins in killing three. Cruel and sudden, hast thou since purpled thy nail in blood of innocence? Wherein could this flea guilty be, except in that drop which it sucked from thee? Yet thou triumphst, and sayest that thou findest not thyself, nor me, the weaker now. Tis true. Then learn how false fears be. Just so much honour, when thou yieldest to me, will waste, as this flea's death took life from thee. Well, if you aren't ready to jump into bed with done after that, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Okay, now, uh, to finish things off, two of his holy sonnets, uh, wherein uh, wherein, uh, in these sonnets done, explores uh, faith, his faith and relationship with God. And this is sonnet number 10, where he um, basically tells death to fuck off. Um, the death is not as powerful or glamorous or imposing as it might seem for various reasons, including uh, reasons of his faith, which you shall hear at the end. So, here we go. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkest thou dost overthrow die not, Poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure. Then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go, rest of their bones and souls' delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dost with poison, war, and sickness dwell, 
and poppier charms can make us sleep as well. And better than thy stroke, why swellest thou then? <laughs> One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. And finally, uh, Holy Sonnet 14, which is a very famous one and very interesting and slightly disturbing, especially from a secular perspective, such as my own. Um, basically, Speaker Dunn is uh, paradoxically commanding God to um, to break him uh, because he needs to be broken and, and made uh, a slave to God uh, to receive uh, God's love, to receive, uh, you know, to, to repair his faith. He's having a crisis and needs God to take him. Um, so it's a bit of a paradox. It's also um, very erotic. It's, uh, you know, he wants God to to do certain things to him. Uh, you know, he really wants God to basically bend him and break him and make him his own, to dominate him. Uh, and it's a very interesting little poem. Um, to me, it's slightly disturbing manifestation of the religious mindset, but nonetheless quite a, quite an astonishingly brilliant poem and endlessly interesting. So, here we go. Batter my heart, three-personed God, for you, as yet, but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend. That I may rise and stand, o'erthrow me, and bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me new. I, like an usurped town to another Jew, labour to admit you, but oh, to no end. Reason, your viceroy in me, me should defend, but is captived, and proves weak or untrue. Yet dearly I love you, and would be loved fain, but I am betrothed unto your enemy. Divorce me, untie or break that knot again. Take me to you, imprison me, for I, except you enthrall me, never shall be free, nor ever chaste, except you ravish me. And there we have it. Uh, he wants God to ravish him. Certainly a very interesting insight into, <laughs> into the religious mind. Um, or at least one particularly brilliant religious mind. Um, and that's it. That's it for today. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I, cer I certainly did. Uh, I always enjoy done. Uh, have, a, have a lovely week. And thank you for listening.